0: Welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Are you ready for the word? Short word today. I want to just jump straight in. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. And I think we look at our text from around about verse 31 or somewhere along that line. But my key thought today, and I really just want to keep this short, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and uh, I think you can get enough out of it in that time. The key thought is this thought around kingdom over culture, And I've actually called the message Kingdom Over Culture 101 because I know that I'm talking to the church. And so if you were in church 25 years ago, you would have heard message after message after message on how we in the church needed to be different to the world. And, you know, um, the whole story about the boat, it's okay if the boat is on the water, but it's not okay if the water is in the boat. And just that whole thought about the fact that when you come to God and surrender your life to Him, we begin to live by a different standard and a different set of values. And so this thought about kingdom over culture today for me is not so much about the fact that we've got to keep the worldly culture of greed and corruption and deception out of, out of the church, but we've got to keep the culture that we've allowed into the church out of our own hearts and lives. So it's a bit of Pastor's Confession Day to have a look at, you know, the story of the frog. If you get a frog and chuck it in hot water, it'll jump out straight away. Get a frog in in its natural environment of room temperature, water, put it on the stove and you slowly heat the water. The, that frog will stay in the water until you heat up the water so much that you take its life. And I think it's a bit of a picture of what has possibly taken place in the church over the last few years is that the culture has just slowly, 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 slowly shifted to a place where it's sucked out of us the power of the Kingdom of God that we are called to. Can I speak into that today? That God is calling us into a place of culture shock. In fact, I think what we've seen over the last few months is a culture shock that calls us to stop, reflect, and have a look at the things that we've allowed to creep in that we need to get out. So with that thought in mind, we're going to Matthew chapter 6 and around about verse 31, Jesus said, Seek ye first the Kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all this other stuff that you get concerned about will be added to you. That's the traditional translation. I wanna read to you from the Passion Translation. It says above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from Him. Then all the less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry. Can you say that? Refuse to worry. Like refuse to worry. You just got to refuse to worry. Oh, I know we have some worry warts amongst us and, and you think us guys that don't worry that, that we are just like, um, um, what, are we, what are we called? Um, we're called um, um, irresponsible and why don't you care? It's like, because you worry, you think you're kind of sincere, but the reality is Jesus has refuse to worry. He says, if you seek my kingdom and the righteousness that I provide, then all that stuff that you're worrying about will just simply be added to you and added to you abundantly. But our primary concern and energy and priority needs to go into seeking after God. And so I think heaven is heralding a proclamation once again to all of us of seek first the kingdom of God. And the Kingdom of God is very different to the culture of this world and the the focus of this world. And so right now we have these self-promoting leaders around the world bringing fear upon the masses so that they can gain some kind of influence. But you know what God is saying? Seek first my Kingdom. Get your peace, get your confidence, get your reassurance with me and don't worry about the rest of the stuff. And the Kingdom of God is built on commitment, not convenience. I I know that you're like me. You like click and collect. (laughs) I like tap and go payments. I know, I know it. Click and connect, collect, tap and go, drive through, instant everything. But here's the reality, the Kingdom of God is built upon faith, patience and endurance. And we can't click and go with God. You can't tap and pay with God. You you know, right now the world is consumed with the virtual instead of the vital. And we've got, to, we've got to remember that relationships connect at a vital level, not at a virtual level. And so this will become a thing in the days ahead. You'll meet Christians on the street and you'll, you, know, you haven't seen them for a while. And you go, hey, where do you go to church? And they'll say this, I go to church online. That's what they'll say. And it won't be because we're in lockdown. It won't be because they can't get there because they're working. They'll go to church online because it's convenient. And can I say the online church is a solution? It's not an option what I mean by that is online was a great solution when we had no other choice. But moving forward, we can't get into this consumer zone where we want it to become our option. I, I choose to go online because then I don't have to confront real relationship. Hey, then I don't have to get inconvenienced by the car park or the children's church or the person that I don't like at coffee bar. It's always the person at coffee bar that you don't like. It's gotta be kingdom over culture, friends. And I think God is looking to, I know God is looking to us to keep the kingdom of God culture flowing in everything that we do. A passion for God and a passion for people. You'll discover that religion declares a passion for God, but then gets pointing fingers at people. But we're not that crew. We're conquerors, not consumers. Hello, somebody, we're conquerors, not consumers. We understand the scandal of grace exists alongside the power of truth. And so if I'm going to take judgment on, uh, cast judgment on you, while I'm doing that, I'm casting judgment on myself. And so before you get to this verse that we just read, Jesus spoke about really important things, starting in verse one. He he talked to us about our giving, our praying, our fasting. Can I talk to you about fasting today? Like I know fasting is popular out there, intermittent fasting, and all these other things. But can I talk to you about Bible fasting? First, he talks to us about giving. He says, when you give, give secretly. I love what the Passion paraphrase says. uh, Examine your motives to make sure you're not showing off when you're doing your good deeds to be admired by others. What a great reminder that even in our area of generosity, we've got to check our motive to keep it right. In fact, heaven rewards when we when our motives are right, and it's not that we live at a place where uh, we give and don't receive. Giving and receiving travel together, but the motive is often what unlocks the blessing that comes from heaven. And so, if we if we're producing generosity just to be seen by men, Jesus said the reward you get is that. Being seen by men, but if you'll do it secretly, your father who sees in secret will openly reward you for it. And then he goes to talk on about talk to us about praying. I love this verse in verse five. Whenever you pray, be sincere and not like the pretenders. Gosh, I wish I could sing, because I could there's no way I'd do it now. But you could break into a song there, couldn't you? You could, I couldn't. Whenever you pray, be sincere, not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others. Isn't it interesting that our human nature is such that not just in our generosity, but also in our praying, we can have a motive to be showboating and pretending, a pretense. And I think Jesus is saying to us clearly here that We've got to be building that prayer life with God every single day. However you do it, and that was again we're talking earlier in the week. Is I just at the beach, had some time at the beach praying with God, and it doesn't matter whether it's at the beach that you go to pray or it's at the park or it's like Jesus said in your closet. There's no way I could pray in my closet. There's too many shoes in there. <laughs> many jackets piling. Anyway, joking. No, I'm not. That was truth. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you go, but you know, I'm sorry to make this connection, but I have to. Recently, we've seen an image come across our screens and devices and it flooded our world and it changed our world forever. As a... Police officer put his knee on the neck of George Floyd, and George cried out, I can't breathe. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. But this week, the Lord has been speaking to me about that imagery that's hit the world. And it's like the enemy has tried to put its neck on the church to a point where the church can't breathe. And maybe you feel like you've been in a place where the enemy has tried to crush you and pressure you to a point where you can't even breathe out the words that you know need to be heard in heaven. And I wanna tell you that God has come today to deliver you from that pressure, to take that enemy off your neck and give you the freedom that you need. Jesus came to set the captives free. He says, he who the sons sets free is free indeed. And I wanna encourage you right now that in your prayer life, prayer is your spirit man breathing and you need to put, oxygen of heaven in your lungs and God is calling you to the place where you're not holding your breath all week long until you can get to church to pray or get to connect that night. You need to be praying on a daily basis from a place of freedom, not a place of obligation. I find myself catching myself praying during the day. It's a beautiful thing that once you get into that rhythm and revelation that prayer is my spirit man breathing, I can be doing my work and behind the scenes, I'm breathing, I'm hearing, I'm listening, I'm talking. Please develop that in your own world. Jesus talked about giving secretly, praying privately. (laughs) And unfortunately, He talked about fasting joyfully. (laughs) Yeah, I can see how excited you all got about that right there. When you fast, don't look like those who pretend to be spiritual. <laughs> they want everyone to know they're fasting. Oh, I've been gone without food since since like forever. Oh, yeah, how long have you been gone without? Oh, three hours. <laughs> Just skip breakfast. So they appear in public looking miserable, gloomy and disheveled. What does disheveled mean anyway? <laughs> Dishevelled. There you go. I mean, something completely different now, don't it? Dishevelled, not it? Dishevelled, not disheveled. dishelved <laughs> Dishevelled. Anyone can do this. Believe me. They already received their reward. You know, Jesus was actually getting real about the fact that we are three-part beings, spirit, soul, body. And God designed us for our spirit man to lead us. But often we're led by our flesh, our appetite, our hunger. Like I can't tell you how many times I get hangry. (laughs) (laughs) And the Bible says in Corinthians that in heaven God does away with the stomach and with food. It's like kind of good news and sad news for some of us but... (laughs) but actually Jesus is saying here that you should fast joyfully. That you should actually go without and, and can, can I challenge you to, to develop that spiritual discipline that before you make big decisions, take some time to fast and pray and not just skip a meal, but maybe go two or three days with no food, just liquids. You say it's not possible, it is possible. You say you don't have the metabolism for it? None of us do but I wanna tell you what you'll discover on the other side of it is powerful clarity, insight and understanding to what God wants for you. The Bible says that when we fast and pray, we don't deal with devils. you You don't have to fast and pray to deal with devils. You have to fast and pray to deal with your own unbelief, with your own flesh. There's actually no scriptural basis for you to deal with the devil. Through fasting. And I know the Scriptures you're going to quote to me, but we can go do a Bible study with it if you like later. And you'll see that it's about the doubt and unbelief that we deal with through a time of fasting. And He says, fast joyfully. Because there's a victory over on the other side of it. Coming into land as the team comes to join me, He didn't just talk about fasting joyfully. He also talked about pursuing purity. And you know, in that just on that moment of fasting, before big decisions, fast. When you're under pressure, fast. When heaven seems silent, fast. Because I guarantee your eyes will open, your ears will hear and you'll see beyond this natural world. We have been living in the information age for way too long. We've got to come into the revelation of the Kingdom of God and what He has for us in the here and now. Coming into land, Jesus said, your heart, your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. I'd encourage you to read this entire chapter, study it, chew over it over the next few weeks. But here he says, be careful what you set your eye on, what you put as your vision, because your heart will follow what you treasure. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. We've got to pursue after the pure life that God's called us to. And He said, here, you can't serve God and money. But if you pursue my kingdom... You won't need to worry about the money. Your values set your boundaries and your vision sets your focus. Let's be the kind of people that set our eyes on the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. His righteousness is about realising that it doesn't matter how hard we work at being good and being righteous, we won't make the mark. But because of what Jesus did, we can live out of a righteousness that he has provided how powerful is that? Can I pray with you right there? Father, thank you that in this moment that we would choose kingdom over culture. That right here we would be a kind of people that would choose commitment over convenience, vital over virtual, face to face over face that more than ever, God, we'd get face to face with you in our personal walks in prayer, in Jesus' name. God, I pray your, I pray your peace that passes understanding would guard hearts, guard minds. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 95245055.